0: Welcome to Wabash Center's I'm Just Saying. I am Nancy Lynn Westfield, the director of the Wabash Center. I'm Just Saying is a series of audio readings taken from my blog posts. This podcast reading is entitled, Hold My Mule. Somebody please, hold my mule. This might sound like an urgent plea for animal restraint. It is not. Spoken in the African-American vernacular tradition, the phrase hold my mule is a warning of an impending ecstatic release. But here context matters. Today, rustic moments that involve a sun-whipped sharecropper harnessed to a mule are only to be found in murals of Charles Wilbert White and even those are rare. It is in the deep black folk wisdom, not yet hushed by the street flow of our urban youth, that whole my mule signifies a breakthrough, joyous, adoracious, shout-licious and affirmacious truth revealed, experience of transcendent joy. In the face of such sanctified truth, every atom must come to rest, yet without being stilled. A moment of creative insight, clarity of purpose, any critical happening, then we say, hold my mule, a declaration to pause for deep prayer, praise, worship, cry, and thanksgiving. Let me reiterate, please hold my mule can signal a moment of urgent trouble. It can also be a call to gather for defense, diplomacy, or a piece of curative Business. In any case, to say, hold my mule signals a leave taken, a break from or with whatever occupies you. It signals a moment of intensity, sometimes awareness of otherworldliness and always urgency. And my most recent hold my mule moment, it happened in the Wabash Symposium with Victor Wooten. Victor Wooten is a five-time Grammy award-winning bass player and a friend of Wabash Center. Guided by Victor, our group was discussing improvisation, something I thought I understood. As a group exercise, each participant defined and or described improvisation and then said the feelings associated with improvisation. By the end of the reportings of our group, we had a tapestry of understandings and feelings about improvisation, very beautiful and informative. Victor adding to our tapestry offered this wisdom and I will paraphrase Victor here. Victor said, improvisation is in our DNA. For example, those of us who grew up in poor households learned from our parents to improvise. Our parents were models for improvisation and how to create something new. As human beings, we are all really good at improvising. It is who we are. To be alive, you have to improvise. We can improve upon improvisation, but there is no need to learn to improvise because it is what we already do all the time. Babies do not have to be taught to laugh, walk, cry. They improvise based upon how they feel Your body does not have to ask what or how to feel. It just does. Then based upon those feelings, we decide how to create, improve, and change." Victor went on saying, "'Improvisation is not about taking what we know, but using what we know to produce the unknown," end quote. This was a whole mamule moment. It was all that I could do not to get up from my desk chair in front of the Zoom screen and run around my house, praising and thanking God for this wisdom, this insight, this moment of exuberant joy. This moment of aha was life-giving and wholly revealing to me. When the light bulb goes on and the thick clouds part and the Red Sea splits and Eureka is sounded, You know the presence of God and the blessings of the ancestors at work. Oh, hold my mule. Before Victor's teachings, I had reduced improvisation to a technique that was separate and apart from daily life activities or a tool occasionally deployed when needed in music and in teaching. My Lord, I had thought improvisation was what the greats of music are able to achieve after years of study and performance. I once was lost. I had been operating as if improvisation was something that was utilitarian and reserved for those who work tirelessly to develop this specialty. But now I am found. Victor opened my eyes to see that improvisation is intrinsic. All of life's decisions are acts of improvisation. I was blind. When we have the wherewithal to take what we know and put it in service to discovering, exploring and coming to know what is unknown, it is then that we are living into the fullness of our humanity. But now I see. Friends, allowing what we know to pull us into and guide us to the unknown is a risky proposition Teaching to produce the unknown will not be satisfied with regurgitation of the known by learner or by teacher. It requires teachers who are capable of being aware of and able to be flexible, limber, and open to seeing the miracles, not if they come, but as they come. Teachers who understand their improvisational nature as well as the improvisational nature of their learners create through discovery we understand that in a sense, it is discovery that teaches. In teaching with this knowledge at the forefront, we are not following a teaching or a learning, but creating a way of being that revels in the joy of the unknown and the newly created. Through many dangers, toils and snares, we have already come. Twas grace that brought us safe thus far and grace will lead us home. Thank you, Victor Wooten, my teacher and my friend. Thank you so much for listening to this blog recording. This blog in written format, as well as all of our archived blogs, podcasts, and the Journal on Teaching can be found on our website, as well information on upcoming workshops, colloquies, seminars, and our regranting program can be found on the Wabash Center website. Thanks to Paul Myrie, Senior Associate Director and sound engineer. The music which frames I'm just saying is the original composition of our own Paul Myrie. Thanks to Carly Hollinsby, Communications and Digital Media Director of the Wabash Center, producer of this episode. The Lilly Endowment Incorporated is the exclusive funder of the Wabash Center for Teaching and Learning. I am Nancy Lynn Westfield, and I'm just saying, and we're out. How was that, Paul?